We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is Front Office Friday. Let's go. It's Friday, and that means it is Front Office Friday. We're coming to you live to take your questions and comments about the crazy world of the NBA. Lots of stuff to dive into. Obviously, the playoffs in full swing. The Phoenix Suns bounced out. What does this mean for their future? Plenty of stuff to talk about today. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It was a crazy game last night for the Celtics. They mm-hmm. came back, pulled, pulled it out, and they're, they're still alive and, and hanging in there. So we'll see how uh, game seven goes. Anytime you get a game seven, it's great. You know, we got a couple more games tonight. Uh, unfortunately, the Nuggets finished off the Suns. So that's one last game we could have mm-hmm. got. But, you know, we'll, 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 we'll take it. I'm, I'm fine with the Nuggets and congrats to them for moving on. But yeah, it's Friday, man. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's uh, let's do this. And I guess let's let's really let's start there. Let's start with the Phoenix Suns. There's been already a lot of chatter about them potentially moving on from Chris Paul, uh, DeAndre Ayton. We know that was always kind of a rocky marriage to begin with. Uh, How different is this Suns roster going to look next season? Yeah, we're hearing a lot of stuff about how they may look to move Chris Paul. Maybe Monty Williams could be out as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was even suggestions out there today of, you know, maybe they just straight up wave Chris Paul. I tend to think that's a little unlikely because it's not like that's going to create enough flexibility for you to really replace him in any meaningful way. Uh, we know DeAndre Aiden may not be a big part of things moving forward. Um, you know, that was seemed like a kind of reluctant matching uh, of that, uh, you know, uh, contract anyway from the sun so i think there's a chance they reset that roster in a major way around kevin durant and devin booker going into next season yeah wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if we see some big changes you know phoenix is a team too that i've been looking at thinking this wasn't really the year for them in terms of the depth this coming summer with with kevin durant with devin booker i think they're going to be one of those landing spots for that free agent that's better than a minimum contract, but the money has dried up. And so they wind up joining on with the team for one year, that kind of veteran ring chaser type. The Suns are going to be a landing spot for those kind of guys. So I would imagine that their depth is going to look better next year, but it'll be interesting to see how different their starting five looks. If Chris Paul is indeed on the way out, they got to get another point guard. Do they move on from DeAndre Ayton? What do they do at the center position there? I've seen a lot of Suns fans saying, Let's get rid of Aiton and just get it, get another wing, try to get a decent quality wing player and then find a, you know, a run of the mill center. That would be the preference in terms of the roster build. We'll be interesting to see what they do uh, on both those fronts. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and that, that is a thought out there. You know, centers are kind of like running backs in the mm-hmm. NFL where, you know, there's a belief of you don't necessarily need to pay for one. But then you look at some of the teams that are left and moving on in the playoffs. And for purposes of this discussion, I'm going to call Anthony Davis a center because that's what he's played. He, all he year, plays center really. almost every minute he's on the floor yeah. right now. So it's, you know, Davis. Jokic and Bead, like they're all still going. So, yep. you know, it's uh, you know, there is something to be said for having a pretty good one. The problem is there's only so many pretty good centers, right? So, you right. Know, then it's kind of like, all right, if I can't get one of them, kind of again, like running backs, you can't get one of the best ones, then you, you're probably fine to just cycle through a couple different options and get different kind of guys, right? Like maybe one's a little more defensive minded, one's one maybe can stretch the floor, or score a little bit, and you just kind of go that way. So, yeah, I think, um, I definitely think major roster change coming and they've got a lot of different ways they can go right because that's part of the benefit of chris paul's contract it's 30.8 million but it's only 15.8 million guaranteed so Mm -hmm. you can you could you know potentially guarantee more of it if you needed to put him into a trade and things like that so that that's going to be something interesting to keep an eye on as well yeah yeah uh i think there is Going to be a lot going on in Phoenix this coming summer. Uh, it should. What about Monty? Should would, should this year's performance be enough to move on from him? Yeah, it's really tough because I, I think what you're kind of looking at there is does it become just a accumulation of you know we made the finals a couple years ago. And they were up in those finals. I think we've all mm-hmm. collectively forgotten potentially that they were up and then uh, fell from ahead. And, you know, so then it becomes, you know, where, where are you going, you know, from there? So I think, you know, it becomes just kind of a situation of um, with, with, uh, you know, Monty Williams of, I think it's, you got to be looking at it and saying, all right, is he the right guy to get us over the top? And if he isn't, who is, right? And they, they, who, who becomes available that you think is the right guy to kind of take you over the top? That's going to be also another factor in your uh, discussion point as well. It's a little bit of a Mike Budenholzer effect then, right? In terms bit. of, hey, this guy's a, a good coach. Is he good enough to get us to the promised land? Obviously, Budenholzer did, uh, but... I don't think the Bucks bought in and felt like that was, hey, because we've got a top-notch coach here that we won this championship. So um, yeah. similar idea here between the – and I don't know if they're going to move on from him or not, um, but we'll see. We'll see what ultimately happens there. Um, <clears throat> we've already got – I've got one person in the chat who said they're coming in at 2 in the morning in Tokyo. All right. Hey, man. thanks, man. Welcome Staying man. up late. Yeah. Right, one to support the front office show. Yeah, it's gonna be but, what uh, Saturday morning there. So hopefully you're off work and you're yeah. uh, wrapping up a fun Friday night with us. So I'll take it. Uh, Coop says can't wait for Lakers Celtics 2023 finals. Well, that would be certainly crazy. I know the NBA oh, would certainly enjoy that. Um, that may be that may be the the highest rate. Like if you were the NBA and you were to predict like what series would have the highest ratings. Oh, 100%. If Lakers Lakers Celtics would be it. Yeah. Lakers Celtics almost with anybody would be way up there just because of the history. But then you talk to star power on both sides. The fact that, um, you know, they're tied in championships. You have that whole factor going in. Yeah. hundred percent. That's got to be the one that they'd like to see most. I was talking about this the other day. Um, somebody brought up the possibility of a, a Lakers Celtics finals. And I said, look, there's no question that I was, I, you know, rooting against the Celtics against the 76ers, which is of course, right? Like sure. that's, that's how it goes. Um, but I said the the one thing that would be kind of cool is if the Lakers and Celtics got into the finals would be like we're in this we're in such a what have you done for me lately generation that when I bring up the Lakers Celtics rivalry, I get a decent amount of people saying, 
what do you mean it's a rivalry? They haven't played each that's other crazy. in over a decade in the finals. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, oh, that's not really a thing. We don't care. Like I've had people say we don't care about that anymore. Now that's yeah. mostly the younger fans. But yeah, like if you are, let's say you are, I don't know, 22 right now, you might not remember the last time the Lakers and Celtics played in the finals, at least not that well. Um, mm -hmm. So that would be kind of cool to reignite that rivalry and maybe expose a different generation to it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, there are same thing. There are Celtics fans who are, you know, if you ask a certain generation of Celtics fans, you're going to get Sixers or Heat as their main mm -hmm. rivals. I think, you know, anybody close to our age is going to say it's the Lakers, right? And, sure. I, and I think the correct answer is still it's the Lakers. Then there's a good amount of space. Then it's the Sixers. Then a little bit of space. Then probably the Heat just because of the recent uh, battles that they've been through. And then it's it's everybody else, you know. And, and they keep trying to make Celtics-Knicks a rivalry. It never really has been because they've just never been good at the same times um, where they've had those playoff battles or anything like that. And that's what it really takes, right? It takes playoff battles for a rival to really take hold. So, yeah, it, it is interesting for sure. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt about the Lakers and the Warriors for years now. It's been, well, they were never good at the same time. So I never, there was never really much of a, a rivalry there to be had. Although I will say that it has brought out the absolute worst in basketball Twitter, the the Lakers and the Warriors <laughs> playing each other. That's been, that's been rough, certainly. Uh, this sure. is, so Golden Eagle said, if I were the Phoenix Suns, I'd trade Aiton to the Jazz for Markkanen and Sexton. Your thoughts? I would not do that if I'm Utah. Yeah, Utah wouldn't do that. Markkinen's yeah. the, the best player in that deal by leaps and bounds. And the Suns don't have enough else to put into that trade to you know, make, make up that difference. So no yeah. chance that the Jazz do that. Yeah, that I mean, the, the, Suns, the Suns, Suns would love it. Yeah, but, all over yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Hampton said, is home court really a thing, you think? I've heard it's about crowd noise, but you think that could just be that would just be white noise in the focus of the battle. Am I crazy? Do players actually hear that? Does home court matter? I mean, the betting lines say yes. Home court 100% matters. I think when you look at the, the splits, home court does matter. I think it's it's both a crowd noise thing and just having that kind of energy in the building behind you. But it's also a, hey, I got to sleep in my own bed. I didn't have to get on a plane and go sleep in a hotel room and, and all that sort of like that, I think, is a factor as well. Yeah, you also have, I think, for the game's very best players, they block it out. I've talked about it countless times on this show, but when LeBron was with the Heat, kind of the last run of the Celtics, and they were up for uh, going into game six at home with a chance to close out the Heat, uh, and LeBron just played completely like emotionless basketball yeah. in a good way where he just – Never broke a sweat, never smiled, and just destroyed the Celtics. I'm guessing he didn't hear a word that the crowd had to say at the, those times. And I think there's two sounds basketball players love more than anything. Well, I'm going to say three. They love being booed on the road. Larry Bird's famous quote was, "It they and your fans will always cheer you at home. But if you're getting booed on the road, it's because you've done something, right? Because yep. you're, you're, you, you've gotten to them some way or another, and they, they don't like you. The other thing they love is silence when you're the road team. It means you've silenced the home crowd, followed by booze for the home team, right? Like that's the other thing that, that, that you love hearing if you're the visitor. So I think it does matter. I think there's a reason role players tend not to play as well in yep. road games too because I think they, they may struggle with the noise. That said – I think there's only a handful of places where home court advantage really matters. And I think a lot more um, 
places it, it's just a lot more even in, but to your point, it's the lack of travel. You're, you know, in your comfort, you're in your own environment and those kind of things. Those things do add up no matter what. Yeah. It's a thing. Uh, it's not an insurmountable thing or anything like, like we see it in, in soccer where strategically the road team plays a different style of basket of soccer than when they're at home. You don't see that much in the, in the NBA. You don't see a team say, well, we're the, the road team. So we're going to play this way. Like, Soccer, is, it is a big, big thing. The NBA, it's still a thing, but it's not like you're necessarily changing up your style of play just because you're on the road instead of at home. Yeah, I completely agree. Somebody asked, why do you guys think home ice and hockey means way less than basketball? I, I don't know enough about hockey, but yeah. I know the one thing I do know, because I see people who do know hockey say is, it's um it's so much about the goalie and hockey. And I oh, think yeah. it's the same thing in baseball. It's about that day's starting pitcher, you know, that can kind of keep, you know, keep everything locked in and shut everything down. So that that's I think the difference in those sports because it's you know, it's a you know, one player can have such a major impact on a game where that's not that one player can in the NBA, but it's just a different kind of thing. Uh, infinite 18 with the super chat no question but thank you for the, the super chat we appreciate it jeremy said folks need to stop dismissing denver as a contender they're legit and will be favored against either the lakers or the warriors if i'm a denver fan i want people to keep dismissing them because sure. they're going to play with that chip on their shoulder and, and you know it's us against the world nobody believes in us you know that type of thing but yeah absolutely i think the nuggets should be the favorites to come out of the west right now like there's uh, whether it's the warriors whether it's the lakers i would think Denver should be the favorite. They were the one seed for a reason, and they're very good at basketball. I mean, right? Yeah, they kind of have everything you need, right? They've got the star player in Jokic. You've got the scorers in uh, Murray and Porter. You've got the defenders in guys like Gordon and Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown that can all kind of lock in. Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown. And I know some people have been like, well, Booker and Durant scored a ton. Yeah, because they're Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. They're two yeah. of the better players in the entire league. But those guys did shore up the weaknesses that Denver's had in previous playoff runs where they are so good, um, you know, the way they 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 uh, you know can play. So, yeah, I think it is, you know, one of those things where I, I, I get what Jeremy's saying here that, you know, folks need to stop dismissing Denver. Um, it, but, yeah, I think the Nuggets are perfectly fine if they keep, you know, keep overlooking us, keep writing us off. But I think you might be right. Hey, I think they will be favored, and I think there's a chance they may get through. I think, you know, no matter who it is, you know, Lakers or Warriors, that's going to be a battle. That should be a Absolutely. really, really fun Western Conference series. Uh, Squid, do you think expansion happens in three to five years? We've talked about this uh, a lot. Uh, yes, I, I think it does happen in three to five years. And, and now I think we're looking at in Vegas and Seattle. Years. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know that necessarily we have new teams. Maybe in five years we have new teams. But yeah, I think announced within that 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 range. Yeah. And I'm with you. I think it's going to be Las Vegas and Seattle. At least. Yeah, we're already hearing the NHL may go up to 34 teams. Mm -hmm. Maybe the NBA says, and they've done this in the past, where they've brought in four teams at once. They did it with the uh, uh, Timberwolves, Magic, Horn original Hornets, and uh, Heat. So yeah. now they staggered them. They brought in two one year and two the year after. But I think it is, um, yeah, I think there there is a, a chance, you know, maybe they go to more. But I think for certain they're definitely going to go, um, you know, with, uh, you know, two, two teams in Las Vegas and Seattle seem to be the front runners. Could you imagine four teams at once? That would be that would be crazy. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That would change so much. Yeah. Um, by the way, speaking of announce, did you see the way the Tennessee Titans announced their schedule? Loved this it. Season? It was so that great. was fantastic. So good. That was fantastic. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen that, go 
go check it out. Go <laughs> do find the Tennessee Titans on Twitter. And you see the Colts changed their Twitter handle to not yes. the Cowboys. That's Did so you see great. the yeah, the Falcons changed it to Red Stallions? <laughs> That's awesome. That girl was so confident. <laughs> she was like, I know this one. That's the Red Stallions. She's like, she really thought that was it. That I, was it. Yeah, I guess. So yeah. I think that, yeah, that, that needs was, to be that was, uh, like a fantasy team name or something so now. Right. Oh, I'm sure it will be. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it will be. So all right. Justin Kirkland said, when the super tax kicks in this offseason, who are your most interesting teams to watch? Doesn't have to be related to the super tax, but I think we'll add a unique element. Also, Lakers Celtics finals with Lake Show getting 18. So he's leaning <laughs> that that direction there. But um I feel yeah, like Justin I, asked his first part just to get, just to get just to put the second part. part in. Um I the first team that pops into my head, Keith, it's the Bucks. When I look at all the decisions they have mm-hmm. to make and how the super tax may come into play, when we look at Chris Middleton, we look at uh, we look at Brooke Lopez. That's the first, and I know there's there's a lot of others, but that's the first team that that comes to mind when I think super tax and what teams might have to make some tough choices. Yeah, I think you know we all know the Warriors and Clippers are there for sure, but I think the Clippers they don't have a ton of roster stuff to do this summer. They've got some kind of you know, mid rotation guys to, to work out. And I think they'll just probably retain them and just keep spending. And then the warriors, it's kind of about Draymond green and they the rest of their groups locked up, but the Bucks, you're absolutely right. They become kind of the first litmus test of they have a mate. They've major roster decisions to make right now. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, uh, Jay Crowder, a whole host of their role players um, are up and it's like, all right, do they sacrifice one of those guys in order to, or we've got to have flexibility to keep making trades and add players around. It is important to know only some of the super tax things come into play this year. Some of them won't come into, um, you know, until future years, but we're in a position here where uh, the super tax, um, you know, is going to be a thing where it's going to start mm-hmm. making you know, major, major decisions for some of these teams. And I think, you know, other teams to keep an eye on the Atlanta Hawks, they, they've got some decisions to make here this year and next. Um, you may see some teams start to make some trades, just start to the pro- kind of get ahead of the process and to maybe rebalance. You may see even a team like, like I was thinking about this with the Memphis Grizzlies the other day. They could do something right now to take advantage before they get too expensive um, mm. to say, hey, let's really try to get something where we can you know, really try to push and add talent here. So it's going to take probably about a three to four year full window to see all these things really shake out and see how teams are approaching it. But it's there, there's definitely teams that are going to have major decisions, including, like you said, the box right off the jump. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how teams teams navigate this. And then, I mean, like, I mean, the teams that were targeted with it primarily, the Clippers and the Warriors, of course, what they do. I had a question come, came in earlier. Are, is there any way the Clippers can give Russell Westbrook more than the veteran minimum? No. No, because they're they, so, yeah. One of the things that does start with this year is if you're over that second tax apron, or please, as we are calling it, the super tax. If you're a super tax team, you have no exception to offer, it goes away entirely. And that does start right away this summer. And that's where the Clippers are going to be. So it's really the veteran minimum, unless they make it. We, and I should be careful, I shouldn't ever say no and never and those kind of things because they could make other roster moves. Where what they do is they kind of go into um, a spot where all right, they move a 
I'm making up with a Nick Batum contract or something or Eric Gordon's deal. And they kind of mm-hmm. come under and now they get into a position where it is. All right. We're, we're, we're okay now to do something slightly different. Uh, the number for the first and second tax apron, just, I just saw that come in from Robert Gonzalez yeah. since we're there. These are a little bit of projections because um, we don't have the final numbers, but uh, projected tax. So just the tax line, 162 million. Tax apron 169 million, and then the super tax, as we're calling it, 179.5 million. So, uh, the first tax apron about seven million above, and then the super tax about about uh, uh 17 and a half million above the regular tax, about 10 and a half million uh wiggle room in between there. So, that, and that's that, that 169 million would also be act as the hard cap for teams that do Correct. like accept the player via sign and trade to do, do the, yep. the, the, the usual triggers for. A hard cap. <laughs> Justin says he added that last little part for me. So I appreciate for, that, Justin. Thanks, man. <laughs> just just for you. <laughs> just for you. Um, this is an interesting question here. I feel like the CBA will put so much downward pressure on spending. Do you think this CBA will prevent the NBA from having dynasties in the future? I mean, that is part of the goal is to stop any team from sure. spending, spending, spending. Yep. I, I don't know. Like, because everybody's in the same boat, right? If you happen to get enough players that are on cheap contracts, you could still potentially have a dynasty, but at some point you'll have to pay those players. That's the the issue. Um, I think it makes dynasties less likely, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly makes it less likely because teams will probably have to be broken up um, that wouldn't have been otherwise. Yeah, it it makes what they did with this in lieu of a true hard cap because they were never going to to do that. Um, with a hard cap because the players were never going to agree um, to that. What what ended up happening is they kind of split the difference on it where they don't want the Clippers types type of teams or what the Nets had you know, been becoming before they kind of broke everything up this year, where it is you built, you built these super expensive teams from the outside. But what they wanted to do was if you're the Golden State Warriors and I know right now a lot of people, especially a chunk of our audience as Laker fans, feel maybe a certain way about the Warriors, and that's fine. I fully respect that. But you can't knock that they have drafted and developed the absolute bulk of that roster, and really that's how you build. Well, they're they're not saying you can't keep that together if you do that right it's like like i'm going to use the grizzlies again as an example if the grizzlies with their current core kind of really push forward because they built all those guys and they become the next super duper expensive team they're not stopping you from retaining your own players and you can be as expensive as you want but what they are saying is you can't be the warriors and you have curry and green and thompson and you made the wiggins trade and you've got kaminga and moody and then you also went out and added Dante DiVincenzo. That's not what they're going to allow anymore, right? right? That's where they're basically saying no more of adding one more guy on top, right? Where we're basically cutting it off and saying you've got your own draft picks and minimums. I think one of the big things we may see change with this, especially for those expensive teams, they're going to be far less likely to trade picks in the future because you're going to need those to replenish the talent on your roster just because you have no other way to really kind of grab uh, outside talent. That's going to be your biggest way. That's interesting. Picks maybe be, uh, and that's going to be part of this too, right? Picks perhaps become more valuable. Teams are going to adjust to these new rules and it's going to be really interesting to see the market kind of react in real time. Like what happens to the value of, of picks versus 
a player that's under contract for X amount? What is, you know, there's all kinds of things that we're going to have to see because valuations are going to shift. Um, I mean, look, just a few years ago, the idea of trading like five first round picks for somebody was, was yeah. insane. Right. Yeah. And maybe you could say it was still insane. Like, you don't don't trade that for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> but but nonetheless, um, with that, the market kind of shifted. And now maybe we, we'll see another shift where suddenly teams are saying, well, no, I don't want to give up a, a future first round pick because this is what yep. we're going to need in order to build out a roster. We need these cost controlled contra uh, contracts. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, there, there's a couple questions in the chat of uh, Bruce Barnes asked if you happen to sign 15 okay he corrected if you draft, draft. 15 all-stars yeah you actually can now you could you know uh, sign them all to max deals it used to be limited right you could you could get to max deals but like the super max used to be limited to just two you're no longer limited to that which is a good thing uh, there were teams that were you know had trade options kind of shut down but yeah i'm very curious to you know nobody's ever going to get quite that far but yeah if you know is is this going to cause teams to break up sooner we're going to find out especially my worry is right they don't want it turning into the premier league we have five or six teams yeah. that can outspend everybody and even though the, the the parameters are supposed to be fair for everyone that they can really you know uh, go nuts with these guys so i think what happens is i'm more worried about kind of what happened to the thunder in a sense where it was right. They traded James Harden. Cause it was, well, we don't know if we can pay Durant yeah. and Westbrook and Harden and still have a good enough roster around those guys. So I think what happens in this situation is do we run into another one of those again? Again, I'm going to use the Grizzlies, but we could use OKC as an example here, new Orleans, if they finally get it together and start figuring it out, you know, could we see one of those mid market teams really kind of break up earlier than what they want? because it is harder for them to retain all the guys and, you know, trip into being a super tax team and those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, we'll see how all of that of course plays out, but man, it's um, it's going to change things. It's going to, and there may be some unintended consequences as well. And we'll see kind of how that all looks as it develops. Um, this is interesting. Michael said, I was never on the trade Jalen Brown trade. Uh, a train, but the only legitimate trade would be Brown for Lillard. Does that make sense? Is that something you think that the Celtics should be interested in? If, you know, if they do ultimately move on from Jalen, and I, I think we've said it's more likely they keep him now that he made second team all NBA and you can get him that super max, but would that make sense for Boston? Yeah. I mean, it, a lot depends on what happens here in game seven and then in the ensuing series that they play. If they go back to the finals, you probably say, nah, we're good. We'll keep Brown and we'll keep things moving forward. Um, with, with that, if you know, if they falter in game seven, then maybe I, I do think they will have changes. I don't know that it's going to be Jalen Brown, um, but I do think they will change some members of the core and look to go slightly different direction because they'll look at it as hey we probably should have made it through to the finals again at the very least and yeah we didn't right we fell short of that goal and you know what do you do differently going into next year but i think the challenge with lillard is he's older he's been a little injury prone the last couple of years and i know some of that is they have shut those guys down um but you know in years so so we'll see you know with that you know there so yeah i think it's a you know it's a spot you know from that so i i don't know man i think um you know we'll we'll uh we'll, we'll see but i i tend to think that's probably not the direction that that they'll go 
Uh, I agree. I agree. I would be, I, and I don't think Portland is even now ready to make that move. I think Lillard would have to go to Portland and say, "Hey, Correct. okay, let's yeah. let's move on. Let's that's let's first do something part else. Of that for that sure. has to happen." Yep. Uh, Golden Eagle said, so if you're over the super tax, the only thing you can do is sign veteran minimums with no mid-level exception. Is that correct? Yes. There's also trade restrictions too, where you can't trade, you can't take back more money than you send out in a trade period. So you have to send back less money, um, or take back less money in the trade. So there's that part of it too. So it makes, it makes it more difficult to add pieces in on the market because you don't have a taxpayer mid-level anymore. It also makes it more difficult to add pieces on the trade market because the salary matching becomes that much more restrictive. Correct. And you can always sign your own draft picks, but yes, you're, you're in a spot where you're, you're very limited in how you would add any kind of outside talent. Keith, did you see this? This question says, what do you think of Colin Cowherd's trade idea pool and Wiggins for Brown and Brogdon? I really think the Warriors should try Porzingis instead. I, I thought that was when I heard Colin Cowherd say that I went, he didn't say Brogdon at first. It was just, Pool and Wiggins for Brown. And at that, I was going, no, I wouldn't do that. And then he threw Brogdon into the mix and I went, oh my gosh. That's, yeah, that just makes it that's worse. Awful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do, yeah. No, I would not do that. that um, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, as far as Porzingis goes, of, sorry. There was a question. Uh, can pay the 17th first round is pick 17 the Lakers pick, yes, this year. Uh, so quite, I don't know if you can see it. It's a I'll find few it. Up. Um, it, the question was, can you how much can the Lakers pay the 17th pick in the first round? Um, first round picks are on the rookie scale, so that's already locked in. Um, you know, with that, so they don't need to give any cut that that whole thing we pick on Rob Palenka about all the time with the you know. We're now calling it the Plinka rule right. with the second round pick signing exception. That's for second round picks or for undrafted players. Um, it's not a first round picks are locked in on a scale amount. So they'll they'll give him a four year deal, you know, should they choose to keep the pick. He'll get a, a four year pre preset amount, likely for um, 120% of the scale amount because that's almost what everybody single player signs for. Um, and that's what he'll get. So they don't need to use any kind of exceptions to. It's technically a rookie exception to sign him, but they but that's they, they don't need to dip in any of their taxpayer mid-level or anything like that. And nobody needs to do that anymore because now we have the Plinka rule that has the right. second round pick uh, exception uh, to sign second round picks to longer contracts. So uh, we'll be able, no, 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 no more problems with that for the Lakers uh, for now. Yep. As long as they go ahead and actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Well, that's true. Yes, we'll that, that's true. Now, if they don't, that's a whole, that now that, are yeah. a whole other problems. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Joseph said evident from game five refs swayed by Kerr's flopping comments. Hard to believe at the NBA level. How can the league do a better do better to not let ref quality sway games? And Keith, I, I obviously watched that game through purple and gold lenses, and that's always going to be my the perspective I look at. I was pretty aghast at how horrific the officiating was for game five, but also expected it going in. Part of that can be a home court thing, but you kind of knew the Warriors were going to get a great whistle for, for game five. I don't know how much of it was Kerr's comments. Uh, maybe that had something to do with it, but it, it was pretty obvious from from my perspective. I think I'm not going to completely disagree because I think there were some calls where it was like, oh, that was probably just let that go. I also thought the Lakers played really poorly 
I, they did, you know, especially to they, start the that, game. And that was the bigger factor, I think. The yeah, Lakers I thought they were poorly. slow in their rotations. I thought they, they were, there was a lot of reaching instead of moving their feet. And I, I don't know what the reason was, right? Obviously, I, I really don't know, you know why they came out so poorly. I mean, it felt like I know the game got tighter as it went, but it really felt they kind of lost that game in the first like five to ten minutes. Like, yeah, just, like. They, they started as though they were just kind of looking ahead to game six. Yeah. It was, it was like they were up three Oh, right. Like yeah. that was the feel that it had. It's like, ah, three Oh, if they lose, we'll go home and close it out. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think we've now hit the point in that playoff series. Every playoff series gets there. Boston is Philly and Philly is now starting to tip there where everybody starts complaining about the refs. And every time right. then there's a call that's made, it's, Oh, it's because they went and cried to the referees. And you know, it's a, uh, you know, one of the things that, like Al Horford last night had a play, he came, you literally came across Joel Embiid's arms and karate chopped him. And he's like, but I got the ball. And it's like, yeah. And then you karate chopped and, and his, his arms. arms. Like, <laughs> it was clearly a foul and he lost his mind. Then Harden came down and Horford stripped him clean and Harden did one of his whole, you know, the, fall the flail over the floor. And they, yeah. You know, yeah. And they challenged it and it was overruled and he lost his mind about it. So yeah, I think it's one of those things where this is just, it's the old, you know, I mean, Phil Jackson was the master of it, right? Mm -hmm. Just and this is not a Lakers thing because he did it long before the Lakers with the Bulls, where it was just, you know, we're gonna kind of kind of put it out there and you know, and see if anybody picks up on it and goes. So I, that's just the point where we fit in, in it. And you know, and you know what? If both sides are complaining about it, which they are, you know, then it probably means it's probably it's slightly more balanced. But yeah, I just think the team that's more aggressive tends to get the calls, right? And if you play the right that's way. Fun you're going to kind of get rewarded with it a little bit. If you're playing a lot of clutch and grab and those kind of things, you know, you know, we'll see. So we'll, 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 we'll find out. Yeah. We'll see what uh, game six looks like tonight. Ollie, if Lakers advanced Lakers in six, we think we, I think they, I mean, they uh, could Lakers advance if they win game six. Nuggets? Oh, is I that think what we're talking about the next I think round? So. I think it's, it's gotta be of the nuggets. Great. Um, I would say that's if they win, it's Lakers. And that six, it would be it, in six, yeah. Yeah, they, they game seven in Denver would be, and I believe if I remember right from seeing the schedules, it is every other day in mm -hmm. both the East and the West. Um, so it's you know Lakers to Denver's not you know, or Los Angeles to Denver's not the you know, most harsh travel in the world. Um, right. But yeah, I I don't know I yeah I, I'm not ready to pick that yet. I gotta wait and let's see. You know, what the matchup actually is, but I yeah. think that, that would be the way it means. All right. Um, and, and I'm in agreement with that. I'm in agreement with that. Um, let's see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. What do we have? I had one and I just missed it. Where did it go? Oh, Robert said, do you guys like the new CBA super tax rules? Personally, I don't because it makes it harder for contenders to get better, which I guess is the point of of the rules. Yeah, I mean, the NBA would love like the NFL where they have quite a bit of parity. You have teams that rebuild. You have teams that are contending that are going for it. You do have a a cycle of of a team, but like, you could have a team that's terrible one year and next year suddenly they've got a great defense and they're finding themselves deep in a playoff run and, and all that. I think the NBA would love that. What they don't want is like the Kings where they spent almost two decades outside the playoffs. And then if you're a Kings fan, that's that's tough, right? You never yeah. get the, that playoff experience to, to get behind. So I think they would prefer more parity in general, but that's been a thing for 20 years that we've been talking about the NBA and trying to get more parity in it and, and all of that. I think, too, what's gone very underreported in these things is that they have made hitting the salary floor generally not a huge issue, but far more like you must do it. Because if you're not at the salary floor, you're by the time the season itself starts, you're not going to have bet- benefits as far as trades and all that. It's like you're going to be able to go in with. 50 million in leftover cap space and be mm-hmm. 30 million under the floor and feel like, all right, we can now make all these moves. They're basically resetting you as if you are at the floor. So they've made that challenge too. So I think what they're trying to do is cause the, the really expensive teams to spend less, the less expensive teams, they've given them all the tools in the world to spend more. And I think they're just trying to push everybody more towards the middle. And to yep. your point, yeah, they'd love it to be like the NFL where we come in and we think that the advent of the playing tournament, we come in and say, man, there's, you know, 30 teams in this league, 20 of them we know make some form of the postseason, right? With the, the advent of the playing tournament. And out of the 30 teams, 26 feel like they could really make the postseason. I think this uh-huh. year is kind of a good bar for what the NBA would really like to see. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, you only had a couple teams that were really bad. And even those teams, Houston, Detroit, uh, well, Houston, San Antonio were designed to be bad teams right from the jump because they were so young. But they didn't even really start full on tanking until very, you know, till we got deep into the season. Detroit was trying to be good. Their stated goal was try to be good. Then they had a ton of injuries that, you know, sunk them. And then they started just kind of playing it out. And then Charlotte, 
they were again trying to be good and they had a ton of injuries that just kind of you know forced everything to fall apart on them so so i think that they're in a position where you know they, they've got to just kind of you know it's it's fine you're always gonna have a couple teams that are gonna go that way but for the most part yeah let's have 26 teams in the mix until we get to you know march and april because that's you know that's really good for the league yeah i think this year's western conference was the ideal scenario for the nba sure. yeah. i mean you look at Look at how many teams in the West, outside of Houston and San Antonio, their fans were living and dying with every game (laughs) with like three weeks, two weeks to play in the season. And then you had, you know, like Portland started to drop out. Then Utah started to drop out. But for a while there, I mean, it was it it was every day the standings in the West were shifting drastically. Right. Teams are flying. You win two games and you go flying up. And next thing you know, you're you're a playoff team and not even a play in team. You lose one game and oh, my God, we're not even in the play in anymore. Right. It was madness in the want. Western Conference, and, and that's that's fantastic for the NBA to yep. keep fans engaged in that way. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a million times is have a good week, and you're now you're the fifth seed. You have a bad week, and you're the twelfth seed, and you know, that's just where it is. Uh, Mario Hernandez, just because it's related, says, um, if you're a team that is really good at scouting, the super tax won't affect you as much, maybe. There's definitely something to that. Like the teams that can either scout for their own picks or pick off bargain players, you know, where it is like we got them on the cheap, you know, whether through trade or through a minimum signing. Yeah, those teams are going to be at an advantage for sure. A team like the Miami Heat, who's generally more often than not a very expensive team, but also does a great job filling out the end of their rosters with guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. Now he's overpaid with Duncan Robinson, right? Like you, you land all those guys, and that's how that's how you kind of keep things plugging along. So yeah, it kind of becomes almost a stars and scrubs approach a little bit. But you got to be able to pull off that. Thing. If people don't know what stars and scrubs means, that is a fantasy term fantasy. in yep. an auction where you pay you pay a lot of your auction budget for a handful of star players, and then you use one and two dollar players to round out your roster because you feel like I can find bargains for one and two dollar players that's they call it stars and scrubs it, it, in terms of professional sports you, but you got to be able to hit on those scrub signings right yep. where they're making a minimum and you know that's that's a tough game it's hard to 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 you know fully you know, lock that in um with that uh ali said it should the lakers go three guard starting lineup today i don't see them adjust. they've resisted changing their starting lineup i think darvin ham will just adjust minutes as far as the rotation goes yep. um they haven't changed the starting five up to this point uh, they left Vanderbilt in there. Maybe they do. I, I can make an argument for why they would, just based on what we've seen historically. I think they just stick with it and maybe shift the minutes more towards the the guards if they feel like that's the the path for success there. Um, Ricondo said, Keith makes it so obvious he's a Celtics fan compared to how Trevor talks more equally. LOL. See, I don't agree with that at all. Like Keith, when we're doing these shows, I always feel kind of bad in a way because. My like whenever I go to reference something, whenever I, I I say, oh yeah, that situation is like this, and I'm trying to make a comparison. My comparison, all, like 90% of the time, it goes back to Lakers because that's my frame of reference for so much. And I'm like, but this show isn't all about the Lakers. It isn't all about the Celtics. Yeah. We're talking the entire NBA. Yeah. So when I'm on here, I feel like I talk too much Lakers because <laughs> I just I keep just natural. That's like my default setting. I keep going back to that. So that's funny that this comment is saying because i feel like if anything it's the opposite also if if, if you lean back slightly i think you're in a lakers hat and a lakers shirt so I, I am I, indeed. 
thing for I'm, I'm trying to build up <laughs> as much good karma as I as I can get. Can uh, I get it? Man? We are all incredibly nervous it's, for for today. Yeah. I have no 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 issue with it. I I, don't know. I personally think we do a pretty good job being balanced, both of us. But that's fine. You know, it's a little hard to be not uh, balanced when we're talking math quite often. Like it's true. Yeah, you know, a lot of times it's uh, just math, but that's okay. Can the Suns cut Chris Paul? Who should they sign? They can. Him? They yeah. can if they want to. Yeah, I mean, they, he's thirty point eight million dollars next year. Fifteen point eight million of it's guaranteed. Who should sign him? I mean, he's not going to have any shortage of shoots uh, suitors if he wants to, to mm-hmm. play. Right? Some some team will definitely uh, sign Chris Paul to come in. If if nothing else, Chris Paul is could be your kind of kind of what Kyle Lowry. I know he's out of starting lineup now, but kind of what Kyle Lowry's been for the Heat. Right? You're you're twenty four minute a night caretaker veteran point guard who just kind of knows what he's doing out there and you know they could definitely see teams go in that direction it it would be kind of funny if he went you know kind of back uh, where where it all not started but if he went back to the clippers if they really needed somebody and he just kind of locked back in there that'd be kind of funny but you know i don't know let's see i i tend to think that's all maybe being a little overblown i think Uh, that's a we lost he wasn't there let's get rid of him yeah, you know, I think that's kind of where the, well, the feelings are coming from right now. And, and right now, Suns fans are feeling the pain. And the yep. first thing you want to do when you're in pain, it's, it's like lash out, right? You got to yep. do something. You have to, right now, we have to fix everything. this. Right. And, and sometimes you can overcorrect. Uh, Steven, yeah. East Coast resident, no more late games. I don't uh, know what that means. He's, sure. just, he's asking, no more, no more late games. I mean, <laughs> we have to, like, you've got so you've got the different time zones that you have to try to maximize. So there's just, there's naturally going to be some later games on the East coast. That's just the way it's going to, because you can't have a game start at like three o'clock on a Monday in California. You're just, you're not, that's not going to work. No. Yeah. So that's the, that's why. And they, and they try to balance it as much as they can. And and there, there's no perfect solution. Yeah. That said, I don't like they're playing the East finals this year is at eight 30 every game. And it is a little like, we couldn't have done eight o'clock, but it's you yeah. know fine. It's I don't know. I shouldn't complain as much. I don't have to get up at five in the morning anymore. I don't know why I get so angry about it still. Um, Speaking of this, this asked, asked, what is your background? They know that I was a teacher, but you're saying you don't have to get up at five in the morning anymore. What was your your background? Oh, uh, that's a good question. So I went to school to be a teacher too, and did not take that path. I worked for Disney uh, for uh, twenty years, um, right up until. Uh, Literally three weeks before Rudy Gobert shut the pandemic down. Um, I left my career with Disney, my 20-year career there. Um, I did a lot of stuff. Um, I did work in the park. I worked on the steam train at Magic Kingdom once upon a time um, when I was a college uh, kid um, as an internship. But I uh, worked mostly in behind-the-scenes things, doing um, workforce analytics work and how many people should we hire, when should we hire them, what statuses, um, all those things. And I did working for Disney's kind of what got me involved in contract stuff because I would do a lot of contract related things and I had to learn of all you know, Disney has multitude of contracts with various unions and groups like that. So that's what I did for you know uh, almost 20, 20 years, both uh, in Florida and California. That's right. That's right. And that experience also helped you write up the plan that ultimately became the <laughs> NBA's uh, bubble in uh, at, uh, at Disney World, which was which is pretty amazing. Um, uh, someone said, how do they reset the salary floor? Um, very simple. It's 90% of the cap. You, you have to yeah. get to 90% of the cap. By the way, um, 
I've been been talking to some of my teacher friends this week. Be nice to teachers. Everybody's always like thinking, oh, teachers have that summer off coming up and all of that. Yeah, but do you know what the last month of school is like? The kids are awful the last yeah. month of school. Like it is, it's like herding cats worse than, well, and my frame of reference is junior high, but still, oh my gosh, it is it, it, getting through every day is just an absolute battle this time yeah. of year. So be kind to teachers. Um, buy them alcohol that they can drink after school because they probably need it <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, there was another question in here that I was gonna, gonna go CBA still have the stretch provision. Yep. Oh, no no change with the stretch stretch mm -hmm. provision for sure. Um, oh, Ricardo uh, said, um, just being funny, you guys both do a, a good job. Sure. I can, you know, can tell. Can't help but be biased sometimes. Yep, that's the way. Yep. That's just the way it goes. That's, yep, yep. You, you take take two kids who grew up on this stuff, and you know, it's been you know a very long time that this has been ingrained in it. It's uh, you know, it's it's just good that we we don't constantly come to virtual blows on here. So it's, that's uh, right. It's helped that neither of our teams have been very good at the exact same time in the last. Somebody uh, said, somebody commented that earlier. Sure. Said if it's Lakers Celtics in the finals, is that the end of the show? <laughs> I'd like to think no. I don't but think so. Who knows? I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, probably Keith, not. Keith and I will be friends no matter what happens. <laughs> Even if the Celtics were to win and we live in that dark timeline, I would still be friends with Keith. It would be okay. Yeah. yeah um, Kyle said, speaking of TV, according to NBA League Pass, I live in the local Los Angeles market, but I'm 300 plus miles away in a different state. I can't be the only one for whom this is a problem. Any change coming, you think? That's rough. I, yeah, this is not just an NBA thing. This is just U.S. broadcast rules where they've made certain things are available in certain markets only. And it, I, I get it, Kyle. I know. I know a lot of people in this pain, and I know a lot of people who cut cord, right? And then they can't see the games when they're being played locally. Um, so yeah, I I'm, I'm hopeful. This is something as everything continues to evolve and change that this will come. And um, we did just see, I don't know, Trevor, if you saw this, but the sun's decision to go to local TV was, was blocked. Oh, it was, court. I didn't yeah, see that. So it's been blocked for now. It doesn't say that they're necessarily going to go, but um, uh, diamond sports, which is the parent company of Bally sports. For those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, the Phoenix suns announced that they were going to move all their games off of cable and put it on local over the air. And then they were going to create their own streaming uh, product where people could, could buy that streaming uh, product direct from the suns. They'd still be part of league pass and still national mm -hmm. games, of course, but um, their local games were going to be on like, you know, ABC or CBS or whatever affiliate they picked uh, in the area. But, uh, Bally Sports said that violates because they're currently in bankruptcy proceedings and there can be there's without getting too deep into the law part of it. There's a lot of stuff with bankruptcy proceedings where they they have to protect the company because bankruptcy doesn't mean you're trying to go out of business always. Right. Sometimes it's a process to reset to stay. And what they're saying is they've hurt them by doing this and mm. you know, lessen their chances of staying in business. So, so it's just been blocked for now. We'll see where it goes. It's definitely something I think we're all going to be kind of keeping our eyes on. Yeah, absolutely. Cause uh, things are still shifting in terms of our viewership habits and how we consume sports and all that. And uh, we'll see how that all goes. Charles said, speaking of Lakers, how about bringing in a showtime award dedicated to the clutch or most highlights uh, in the game? 
Uh, how about the Lakers end of the season team awards, MVP six? I think you're you're thinking of the Lakers Nation post game show where we do the awards. That's probably what you're what you're referencing where we do like the we do the superstar of the night, uh, the star in your role. We do the master lock of the night. Um, yeah, maybe that's something that will that will add in as far as an award goes. But um, good thoughts, good thoughts there. Yeah. Uh, Ali, do you guys watch Guardians of the Galaxy three yet? Sorry for non basketball talk, Keith. You saw. Wow, that's never apologize for a Marvel question. Yeah. Right. Um, my wife is traveling. She was traveling this week for her job and she got her, her dad travels for work as well. And it just so happened they were in the same city at the same time. So they got to spend a couple days hanging out and they actually went and, and saw it, um, much to my chagrin, but they, they went to go see it and she said it was good, but she was really uncomfortable and had a hard time sitting through it because of the animal stuff in it. Which, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't want to do any spoilers because I know it's only been out like a week and some people can't get to it. But it, it, if you love animals, it can be a very tough watch. Great movie, though. Great. Yeah. Best Marvel movie, maybe since Endgame pending. Ooh. I really liked No Way Home quite a bit. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's but it's in that range, right? It's that one, maybe No Way Home. Uh, Black Panther 2 is also very good. Um, but I, I think... Um, it's way up there for me. It might be my favorite of the three Guardians movies. First one's just mm -hmm. hard to top. It was just it so goofy and fun. Um, but yeah, there were parts where it was a very tough watch. It was easily the most violent yeah. Marvel movie we've ever had. But uh, excellent, man. I loved it. I loved every you know, second of it. And I thought, you know, really, really good. So, But I, I don't want to say anything more because I, I don't want anybody who hasn't had a chance to see it. to you know, No spoilers. You know, no. All right, uh, let's finish this with this. Golden Eagle said, how about the Suns getting a backup point guard for Chris Paul? Maybe Fred Van Vliet. No, I don't think Fred Van Vliet would fit into the backup category, no, but Derrick yeah. Rose, Kobe White. It, would that be a way? Is if you can find, was like can you the find... spectrum. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guys, it's kind of funny. Could you get... Um... Would that be a way? Because your, your issue with Chris Paul is, well, one of the issues is availability. If you get a high quality reserve behind him, is that enough to where the Suns can just say, well, all right, hey, we've got a guy like a like kind of like Tyus Jones with Memphis. If you get somebody like that quality, does that solve the problem? And then you say, OK, let's just ride this thing out. Yeah, right. You hope that would have been campaign right but he had his own injury yeah. issues and then just didn't play quite as well uh not derrick rose derrick rose is done like no yeah you know, yeah he, he just he doesn't have anything left uh van vliet far too expensive and he's not doing that kobe white sure i guess uh probably restricted free agents so it's going to be kind of hard to get involved on signing him too so that that becomes your challenge i mean the suns are pretty expensive they're not far away from being a super tax team themselves so that it's not like uh as it structured right now with their roster it's not like they have a ton of uh flexibility to sign guys so we'll, we'll we'll see you know where they go but yeah i think that is a priority you know trying to upgrade campaign spot for sure you know maybe that may be one more more of you know maybe you try to trade landry shaman to a team that's got an extra point guard and you can kind of rebalance that way mm -hmm. um yeah would, would that be yeah it's um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see i i'm i'm not so sure uh you know that's priority number one but it should be fairly high on the priority list yeah 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 i think it should be a priority if they decide they're going to keep chris paul it's you have to have somebody you're really confident in behind him or you move off of chris paul and you say let's go get somebody else that's going to be our, our starting point guard but yeah. we'll see where that ultimately goes. 
one yeah, more cap question if I can from Jimmy. Yep. It says if a player resigns on a four-year deal, how soon can they be traded away without triggering a hard cap? That that never triggers a hard cap. It's mm-hmm. only acquiring a player via sign and trade that triggers a hard cap. Or if you use your mid-level exception, um, or if you use um the biannual exception. Anything else, you're you're absolutely good. So, you know that 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 doesn't trigger anything. As far as how soon can you trade them away? There's all sorts of trade restrictions that are. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time going into all of them right now. Um, just because they are um there's there's a bunch of different lengths and times based on how much you signed the player for when you signed them, all sorts of stuff with that. But, but, uh, but yeah, it, it would basically be, you could kind of do what you need to do. Um, if you want to trade them, somebody said earlier, Trevor, somebody said happy birthday for an office show. I saw that. I, I don't know. Is maybe is today. Maybe I set up the launch? channel because I know oh, we didn't launch maybe. the channel today. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I set up the channel or something and sure, it's showing up maybe. somewhere. Well, if so, thanks. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take yeah, it. Trevor's hat is nice. Justin DeLeon asked. I, I, I have to give all the credit to Jeff Spiegel, who does our Dodgers coverage, but also does Lakers stuff as well. He had this hat, and I asked him, I said, Jeff, would it be ter- like that hat is awesome. Would it be terrible if I went and bought my own version of that that hat? And he said he was good with it. Now, he he got the snapback. I wound up getting the trucker version of it, but yes, I, this is one of my favorite hats now. It's yeah, the, it, uh, yeah. I don't even like the Lakers, and I like that hat. Sharp. So we'll take it. Monte Morris to the Suns. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. Sure. Hey, Damon Lucky. We'll end on this. He says, today's my birthday. Happy birthday, Damon. Yep. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. There it is. All right. Let's wrap things up there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here for Front Office Friday. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget to hit the like button over here on the YouTube channel and on the podcast feed. If you wouldn't mind, give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Getting close to that 25,000 subscribers. Appreciate it, everybody. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.